It's time to get inside the Giants huddle. Huddle up, huddle up, huddle up. On Giants.com. Here we go, here we go. And the Giants mobile Get them in there, let's go. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Welcome to the newest edition of the Giants huddle podcast. John Schmoke with you. Today we are joined by Salman Wilcox from Pro Football Focus and Sirius XM NFL Radio. He's out there at Radio Row in Los Angeles for the Super Bowl. Sally, appreciate the time, man. How are you? It's good to see your face. You know, John, hey, always good to reconnect with you. We've been separated by a global pandemic, right? But here we are. We get to have a good time talking some football together. So thank you for having me. Yeah, we had a good time hanging out at this uh, combine a couple years ago. Hopefully we can do the same right. in about a month this year. That'll be fun. Uh, Sally, let, first, let's start with this. By the way, folks, you can find the Giants Little Podcast on your favorite podcast platforms, the Giants mobile app, and at Giants.com slash podcast. And, Sally, you're here uh, promoting a brand-new heart monitor. Why don't you tell us about it? Yeah, listen, it's a wonderful product. It's a, a bio heart um, is uh, basically the company uh, that has the best um, heart monitor that you could ever use. It's a state-of-the-art heart monitor. And it uses continuing heart monitoring and sending that information and that data to your physician. So imagine if you've had an event, a cardiac event, and your doctor wants to continue to monitor you, um, you would put this heart monitor on and it would send the data real time to your doctor. Now, it was created by Wakas. He's a doctor. He's the inventor and architect of BioHeart Heart Monitor. And uh, it's a wonderful tool. He's an athlete himself. He's a professional polo player, but he also has a big brain to be able to create technology <laughs> such as this. Yeah, and the best part, you can get it without a prescription. We know what a pain it is yeah. to get prescriptions and all that stuff and deal with insurance and all that. No prescription necessary. So, folks, make sure you go check it out if you need it, and we'll touch on it again as you close out here, Sally. A lot of stuff going on with the Giants, man. Just, you know, a lot of news with coaching, GM, assistants, and all that stuff. Before we get into the nitty-gritty, Sally, your just overall take on kind of how the Giants have handled their business, resetting this offseason, having a new general manager, head coach, and coaching staff. Oh, absolutely. I mean, listen, they needed to build um, – I think they needed to find someone who can help build an offense, right, around existing talent. I don't think you have to go out and get new talent um, while you're also searching for a new head coach. I think Brian Daybowl can build an offense around Daniel Jones, around Saquon Barkley around Kenny Galladay. That's what you needed. And if you look at the last sample size, John, in terms of what Dayball did with the Buffalo Bills offense, how about the perfect game against Bill Belichick's defense, scoring on every single possession? Everybody knows that. But then what he did against Kansas City as well was a, probably, arguably, the greatest two-game run in a postseason on an offensive side of the ball that we've ever seen. No question about it. And it's funny, you know, reports are, Sally, the Giants have not announced it as, as, as of this recording, that Mike Kafka could be coming on as offensive coordinator. And what is interesting to me about that is Dable and Kafka run completely different systems, right? Dable is more of your spread the field, let the guys win one-on-one -on -one with speed. Kafka comes from the West Coast, had a lot of those rub routes, crossers and stuff. How do you think those guys will work together here to kind of, find an ideal offense for what the Giants need with their personnel. I think what you have is you have a more vertical stretch passing attack with also horizontal stretch, okay? And you also are going to have the quarterback operating on the center because the passing game um, is, is really designed to be matched up with the quarterback's footwork 
when he's working under center, three step, four, uh, five step, seven step drop. And then also, I think what comes with Kafka and that West Coast style is the ability to run the football. And I, let's face it, I think that's something the Bills have, could have done over the last couple of years. They can still um, uh, begin to do that better. But in a West Coast system, you have the outside zone stretch, inside zone runs that I think will match perfectly with Saquon Barkley. Can you imagine an offense <laughs> where Saquon Barkley is consistently getting to the second level of the defense and how the second level um, uh, defensive players are going to have to respect the threat of Saquon Barkley attacking the line of scrimmage, bursting through on the linebackers, on the safeties. And now when you want to throw the ball, trust me, they're going to be receivers open when you have that kind of run threat. You know, and Sal, the other thing too is that I think both those coaches on the offensive side of the ball with the way their offense will run – they really value speed, right? Yeah. They trade for yeah. Stefan Diggs, separation and speed. Uh, John Brown was there, speed. Cole Beasley, separation and quickness. And then obviously we know about the speed with the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't need to list the players. We know them. So yeah. to me, this is going to be an offense that is probably going to be built on speed and gaining separation out there with your routes. And you know, I listen, I really believe this. And I think a lot of people have underestimated the athleticism of Daniel Jones. I believe um, in a Brian Dable offense, he can capitalize off of Daniel Jones's athleticism. Um, he can run. He can get out on the edges. He can, uh, he can run the RPOs, the zone stretch, reverse bootleg plays coming off of that and still move his feet and get himself open and in position to still throw the football. I think whenever a quarterback is a threat to run the ball, not that he has to rush for 100 yards. We're not talking about him being a dominant run threat, not like a Cam Newton, right? But just enough to keep the defense off balance because you don't have a defender that can account for the quarterback and the run game. So he's running on air, right? And if there is a defender that's there, then that's when your play-action game tends to open more, and he can always get down and slide when there's a threat of being hit. And that's what we're talking about when we're saying using the quarterback, Daniel Jones, as a run threat. Yeah, you actually playing 11-on-11 11 11 football, which is what you're trying exactly. to do to try to give yourself exactly. some numerical advantage. All right, the other report that's out there, Adam Schefter reported it last week that Don Martindale is coming on as the defensive coordinator. And, Sally, that's going to be a much different look than what the Giants did the last couple of years with Patrick Graham, who was heavy zone, was kind of yeah. more of a bend-but-don't-break type of defense. Don Martindale ain't that. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. You know what? Heavy, crowd the box, right? Come hit the quarterback. Double A gap blitzes, pressure coming off the edges. Um, I like I like the way he, play, he calls the defensive game because you're forcing the offense to play your game. You're not on defense when you're playing that way. It's like you're on the defensive side of the ball, but you're playing defense, uh, John, with an offensive mentality, right? You're dictating to the offense. We're not going to let you sit it, sit back and throw the ball on your terms. We're going to force you to throw it when you don't want to faster and quicker maybe than you want to, certainly while doing it under greater pressure than you want to. And Sally, to execute that, though, you better be able to cover in that back end or there's right. going to be some big plays. We saw what happened end of the year once the Ravens had all those injuries in the back half and they faced Joe Burrow and the Bengals. It didn't go so well. Oh, there's got to have corners. Now, you know, to uh, Martin Dell's credit, 
the Ravens, I think, have more players on injured reserve than any other team in the league. Yep. I mean, by the second half of the season, they were leaking oil. And remember, they went into the season banged up. But they lost both of their starting cornerbacks, right? Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters, out for the season. You try playing that that defense when you don't have guys who can stand up on the edges. But, listen, I, I like the corners um, for the Giants. I think they're going to have to get better. Maybe a different prototype. Xavier McKinney, I love him on the back end. He's a big time. I think he's got a big time future um, on 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 the uh, back end of the Giants secondary at the safety position. So they're going to need to acquire some more resources to be able to run that defense. But I think when it's all said and done, when they put it together, I think it has the potential to be very successful. Let me ask you about up front because I feel like the one of the reasons with that defense you blitz so much is that you're trying to. Um, construct pressure, even if your guys can't necessarily win one-on-one with a four-man rush, right? So yeah. how imperative is it, do you think, for the Giants to improve their individual pass rushers in such a blitz-heavy scheme? Certainly. That's what we're talking about. You need, you're going to need more assets. You're going to need more resources. Um, but look, I, I, I like what Leonard Williams brings to the table. Um, Dexter Lawrence, I love what he brings. I mean, these are guys that can anchor from the interior position, right, of your defensive line. I don't think teams are going to be able to run it on you. Because, I, listen, this is a defense that's about uh, not two-gapping, but single-gap pressure and getting into those gaps, getting penetration into the opposing backfield. These guys can do that. I think when you have to um, two-gap a lot, now you're hitting and holding and trying to figure out where the ball is going before you start to try to get upfield. I think it takes away from the aggressiveness that you really want to play with up front on your defensive line. And the one thing the Ravens do, Sally, they stop the run. I mean, you cannot that's run right. on Baltimore, that's right. and, and that's, right. that, that's going to be a big focus. It's part of the deal, right? Yeah. You said yeah. at the start, you crowd the box, you get one safety low, then you have to trust your back end to cover. So if Giant fans want to be, be, be a better run defense, they're going to be under Don Martindale. There, I, there's no doubt. Getting off the bus, it's a, it's a system – that inherently, particularly when you have bodies like a Dexter Lawrence, right? You know, Leonard Williams. I mean, these guys can plug gaps. They're hard to move off the ball. And now all they need to do is be empowered to that first step, getting up the field, getting penetration. You talk to offensive linemen, those are um, the more difficult schemes and techniques um, to block against, particularly when you're trying to, when you're trying to uh, run the football. All right, let's talk big picture here, Sally. The Giants have a new general manager as well. In Joe Shane, how should Giant fans think about this? How big of a rebuild is this? Is it a really big teardown and build back? Is it some tweaks and adjustments here or there? What's your overall look in terms of how Joe Shane's going to handle trying to get the Giants back to being a winning organization? I think you're going to look at building the back end first. How about that? On defense. Let's just say on defense. Um, You look at the Bills one of the top secondaries in the NFL over the last three to four years since Sean McDermott came there. I think they had a way, an understanding of how they wanted to build that team, right? Think about who you're playing against, against the Dallas Cowboys team with three phenomenal wide receivers. The Eagles are going to put that same kind of offense on the field, right? That really wants to throw the ball to their collection of wide receivers and tight ends. That's who and what they've been. And they're going to use some RPO, stuff as well with Jalen Hurts to try to compromise you on the back end of your defense. Um, 
No, I don't think it's a, a complete rebuild. I think it's a it's a restructure, right? Philosophically, right? And how you want to go about playing defense. How do you want to play on offense? The Giants have always been a heavy run team, but a power run team. Um, since when have the John the Giants on offense? run rpos not with eli <laughs> Manning, right <laughs> not with, like where have you done that but i could tell you right now when you've got 11 personnel saquon barkley in that backfield and you're running an rpo scheme and either saquon could, could, could take it or daniel jones could take it that's putting the defense in a state of flux now that's compromising the defense in a way that you can leverage that to create some big plays offensively and now, listen, does Daniel Jones need to protect the ball better? Absolutely. His ball carriage has to be better. He's got to be stronger there. Um, but I, listen, I think most people will tell you, Daniel Jones, when you look at him, he brings a lot to the table that NFL scouts love, that NFL coaches love. And um, I, I don't think um, Brian Dable signed up for the job saying, no, I can't win with this guy. In fact, I think it was the other way around. You know, you mentioned Daniel Jones, and it's kind of a crossroads season for him. The Giants yeah. will have the option of picking up the fifth-year option this offseason. Based on the injury history, we'll see if they do it. They'll have to make that decision sometime in the spring. What do you think the long-term future is for Jones? Like, if he's get if he gets put in a better situation, right? And, and we'll get to the yeah. offensive line in a second. You know, yeah. what's his upside, do you think, Sally? I think it's he, right now he can easily be join the second tier of quarterbacks like a Kirk Cousins, a Jimmy Garoppolo. And, you know, that's no knock against him or that group I just named. Those guys are go to the playoffs, right? And they win games for their football team. They win and divisions. I, they win divisions, absolutely. So, I mean, that's no knock. Because we're talking about top-tier guys are your Patrick Mahomes, um, your Josh Allens, the Joe Burrows of the world. Let, let's, be, let's be honest. But I think you got to crawl before you can walk and walk before you can run. And Sally, there are only five or six of those guys on the planet. I mean, there aren't a lot of them. Absolutely. So we're talking the next tier down is still a top 10 guy. And so that's where that's where I think he could get. I don't think that's outside of his reach at all. Also, a bit of a crossroads for Saquon Barkley, right? He's heading into the final year of his rookie deal. Is it all about health for him? You mentioned system fit before, RPOs, running the stretch. Yeah. How do you think he, if he can stay healthy, or do you think that's really the biggest deal here, where he can still kind of re-solidify himself as that type of type top runner like he was in his rookie season? By the end of last season, 2021, Saquon got his juice back. He looked good. He looked like, okay, he's getting his movement back. He's moving with greater confidence. Listen, I just think he had a couple of bad breaks. You know, he took a hit. And then end up getting hurt this past year, took a hit. He's going to be fine. You want a guy like him out there, 100% healthy. And he's already shown us what he can do. He is a perfect combination of speed, size, quickness, right? Elusiveness. Uh, I just think you could do some great things with him in the offense. Now, for that to work and for Daniel Jones to take the step, we talked about supporting cast, right? And yeah. hard for those guys to succeed if you have defensive linemen running free in their faces as soon as they get their hands on the football. You know, Sal, you can say and look at the Giants' offensive line. The only guy you feel great about right now is Andrew Thomas, right, a left tackle. Everything else is probably a question mark. The Giants don't have a lot of cap space. They do have a lot of draft capital. So how do you see them trying to go about trying to fix this offensive line? 
you, yeah, you've got to, I think you've got to approach both. I think you've got to, because um, it's on, I don't want to say it's an overhaul, but it's, it's almost. No, it a, is. It, no, you're right. <laughs> no, I, I think it's an overhaul, overhaul, Solly. I think it's fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, I think you've got to be able to address it through the draft and add some pieces in free agency. You've got to do both. Now, if you're, if you're up against the cap, maybe you don't get that top tier player um, in, through free agency. But that second level guy, I mean, think about a guy that you guys sent to us. We sent you Billy Price. I apologize, by the way. And I say us because the, the Bengals sent you Billy Price. You gave us B.J. Hill. I, I knew B.J. Hill was the right guy for the Bengals because he fit in a rotation. Right. We, didn't, we didn't thrust him in the starting lineup and say, all right, carry us for 16, 17 weeks. No, nope. we're going to make you part of a rotation. And in that sense, he's, he's been right for the football team. Maybe that's how I think the Giants look at who they add to the offensive line and free agency. It's a veteran player that works in a rotation of players, not one guy you're going to throw the whole boatload of production on and say, carry us for the seat. So given where the Giants are, Sally, they pick fifth and seventh in the first round of this year's draft. You can get some good players. Do you think, though, given where you are in Daniel Jones's career and, you know, where the roster is, should they be looking to trade down if they can? Or do you like the idea of trying to get two premium players at five and seven? I think you're going to have to get one, uh, one of these offensive linemen in the top 10. Agreed. Maybe you can trade down after that, one of those picks and uh, you know, maybe into the top portion of the second round and uh, take a couple of more alignment, right. Or maybe another speed receiver, um, or maybe, you know, you can, you can, you can continue to build the players. Cornerback, I think is going to be very important. Look, looking at that too, but you can trade down, get more picks and add the kind of players um, that, uh, that the giants are going to need for the new model, both on offense and defense, because they're playing different styles on both sides of the ball than they played previously. And, and Sally, just, just to wrap it up then, I think that's important to know, right? And that's why this might be a little bit of a process. Whenever yep. you have a new GM and a new coach come in, you've seen this in a lot of different organizations. You've seen it with the Bengals in Cincinnati where you, know, where, where you, where you live. You know, yep. It takes some time for that new regime to figure out who you can use from the guys that you have and then bringing in the pieces that they need to play the way they want to play, right? 100%. The Bengals did the same thing when they hired Zach Taylor three years ago, right? Um, the cupboard was not bare. Um, you know, Carlos Dunlop's no longer here. Geno Atkins no longer here. But Joe Mixon was already here. Tyler Boyd was already here. So they kept some and, and allowed A.J. Green and some of the other guys to go find greener passes. So you got to figure out what guys work for you. You know, Lexi Solero sitting here telling me I got to get off her yep. set, John. So <laughs> we're going okay. to have to say goodbye. But, hey, if people want to know about uh, the BioHeart Monitor. All they got to do is go to www.bioheart.com and get the most latest, greatest, innovative heart monitor on the market today. I would not mix with Lexi. She means business. Good to see you, Lexi. How are we? Hope you're well. <laughs> Sorry, thanks for joining us, man. We appreciate the time. All right. Take care, John. Solomon Hookot, some serious XMN already. We thank you for joining us on the Giant Subtle Podcast. For Sally, I'm Schmelk. We'll see you next time.